0: Hello and welcome to Watch the Throne. What a lovely day. This is episode 40, Huntsman, The Winter's War, 2016. Uh, I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Chevy Lewandowski. And Mike, here's a pop quiz for you, since this is probably going to be a short
1: episode. Because Charlize is not in this movie very much, and we don't have a guest. What was the last movie? I forgot. I forgot this was a movie. There's a little hint. What's the last movie you and I did without a guest?
0: Oh man, our last solo bolo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a movie geez. that I forgot was a movie. Wait, as a hint. Oh, is it the is it the first Stuart Townsend one where with the kidnapping and then the car crash on the freeway at the end? That was no. It's I the
1: thought. second Stuart Townsend movie. The first one was also without a guest. <laughs> Head in the clouds, and then before that, trapped. The last two that we did without That's- a Guess. Okay. Okay. Well, I got I got one. I, I couldn't get all the way back, but I got
0: halfway back.
1: <laughs> yes. But we're here today for the first time in Charlize's career that she did a sequel oh, yeah. uh, to one of her own movies. I mean, her first movie was right. *Children of the Corn* three, but <laughs> yeah, this is the yeah. first time that she did that. She's been in two movies
0: in the same franchise. And my big question to you, Mike, is why? Why? Why this what? one? <laughs> well, it seems like they needed her back for this movie at some point, like at least for a little bit. And then I guess once she agreed, my theory is, once she agreed to come back for the beginning, they're like, you mind sticking around for the end too? And like coming back for a while? And she's like, yeah, what the hell? I'm already here. They didn't get Kristen Stewart back, unfortunately. No, but that's what.
1: You know, that's because of the, the. The the studio says it's not because of it, but. Oh, that's right. The, the, the drama with the director. There's a new director, right. no Kristen Stewart. It's. You know, that affair, the torrid affair, the love affair from the first movie. Yeah. Whether intentional or not, whether that was the official reason or not,
0: neither of them are back here in the second No. Movie. But what else is weird is that Charlize isn't running the franchise. Chris Hemsworth is, pretty much. Yep. And they have Emily Blunt in here, which I don't mind. I Like, I love her. I love that she's here. But it was just, it was a little, I was just thrown off immediately going like, oh, uh, I thought this was a full-on prequel and it was going to be all Charlize. And it turns out it's a prequel and a sequel. I was like, this is weird.
1: And mostly a sequel somehow.
0: Yes, which was very jarring and doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, the continuity has just been completely mixed up.
1: What's real weird is that when you have a first movie where you have Kristen Stewart who becomes Queen Snow White at the end, but she's not in the second one, you have a first movie where Charlize Theron is one of the main characters, you know, the queen who gets killed in the end of the first one. And then you're going to do a sequel to that, but mostly without either of the two of them? Like.
0: (laughs) That like and it's gonna be a sequel not a, like it just it's 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 a very odd decision. Yes, one would think they just recast Snow White. Her name was in the title of the first movie. I guess granted yep. the huntsman was also in the title, but you know, it just doesn't seem like the logical step to shift it into more of, like, a male-dominated storyline. Like, that was also weird, because, I mean, we, we yep. get the great Chastain here for a while, but mm-hmm. they totally messed up that character, and, yeah, that, that was uh-huh. just, like, a complete mess-up. Like, it would have even been cooler if she was the Huntsman, you know? And, and it's like, oh, switcheroo, like, Hemsworth's in it, but, like, the Huntsman in the title is actually her. Well, she is technically
1: a Huntsman. Like, I think in this movie, all the kids in the land are abducted by Freya, who's played by Emily Blunt, and she wants to turn all of them into huntsmen because she doesn't want... It's it's a twisted narrative that I barely paid Mm -hmm. attention to, but basically, Freya is pregnant, Emily Blunt is pregnant, and she gives birth, and her baby daddy kills the baby... Because he's been commanded by Charlize to kill the baby, we found out at the end, mm-hmm. because the baby was going to grow up and be fairer than Charlize. Yeah. So once again, like the first movie, afraid of the children, so she has this baby killed. So Freya, in retaliation, basically turns the kingdom to ice, sort of like Frozen, and then commands all of the children in the land to become huntsmen, to become her army, and just sort of defend her and protect her and do it just, like no. <laughs> <laughs> just like Frozen. Just like Frozen, Exactly. It's just strange that both sisters, and you were right, I don't know if we recorded that on mic or not, but you're like, I think they might be, I hope they're sisters, they might be sisters, you were right there, but we don't really get a ton of interaction, like, you know, Charlize is in the first eight minutes of this, maybe, and then she comes back, like, the last 20 minutes. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, you find out that she sort of took refuge in the mirror which was a cool little twist like i thought that was a cool way it to is. bring her back i would have rather had her around with the like them being sisters the whole movie and stuff it's just weird like her getting the ice powers was strange too like that didn't really make sense to me like all of the fairy tale stuff seems to just be kind of peppered in willy nilly this time around it doesn't really seem to be the focus I don't know really what the focus is. This whole thing just seemed like, pretty <laughs> drab, and I don't know. Like, I wrote on my review, it, the movie just kind of seems bored with itself, too. Like, they're just walking around the woods a lot, like, doing the same stuff from the last movie a lot. I don't know exactly what we're doing here. <laughs> I mean, we've got, like, two dwarves instead of six, yep, actually four. Including Rob Brydon. Yeah, we get Brydon, and then we get the, the woman dwarves, which was cool. I thought that was that was a nice little...
1: Do they call them she-dwarves? Did I hear that right? Oh,
0: I don't know. I didn't hear that. They call them a lot of names, though. There's, like... <laughs> they go on rants about mm-hmm. the the woman dwarves, which was kind of uncomfortable. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was the main thing that bothered me, is just, like, the first movie was so, like, I guess you could say empowering, you know, like, for women. And, and it was just, you know, such a female-driven plot story lead all of that kind of stuff and now here it just feels again like a rote male fantasy adventure and like a lord of the rings thread or something
1: yeah which is sort of disappointing like you know i mentioned on another podcast recently i don't remember if it was i don't they all blur together mike i don't know it <laughs> it's all connected but <laughs> most most of the most popular accounts on Letterboxd seem to be, like, high school and young college-age girls, and that's just, like, they just run Letterboxd, essentially. And a lot of the people that I follow on Letterboxd were all, like, why do you have a movie with so many beautiful, strong, empowered women, and then have it be about the dude? You have three women who are, like, all, in most movies, you know, these strong, badass, tough chicks, in Emily Blunt, Charlie Theron, and Jessica Chastain, and then instead cast them all aside to just watch Chris Hemsworth and a couple of dwarves just trek through the woods for an hour and a half. Like that, just it feels like an odd decision. This could have been like Frozen, you know, this like strong movie for young girls. Follow Jessica Chastain instead, instead of Chris Hemsworth. But instead, you know, we just follow Thor around. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like I don't think this movie is bad. I just think it's just kind of. I mean, like you said, I guess it's a good way to describe it.
0: Like it's just bored with itself. Yeah, you know, it's like it's well produced. It's well can craft it and all that kind of stuff like you know it's just for me it's not what I like you know it's just not I just don't find it entertaining at this point like I just I guess I had my fill with the first one as far as Hemsworth's concerned and then I'm good with Thor as far as Hemsworth's concerned I don't really need him throwing around another hammer in another movie like this it's just kind of it's just too familiar the one thing that I was shocked that they didn't do that I thought for sure would have been awesome is um like in the original fairy tale Snow White has a sister, Rose Red, and I thought they might do something yes. where Jessica Chastain is revealed to be Rose Red, because she has, like, the red hair and everything, and each of the evil queens were, like, keeping one of the Snow White family girl you know what I mean like in the first that movie would be cool. it was Charlize and then in this movie it's Emily Blunt and yeah and then like at the end like she discovers her lineage or whatever and I don't know you know take it from there or something but it, again it's just another op- another example of like a missed opportunity where this really they could have kept this female driven as much as the first one and for whatever reason they just relied on the I guess the popularity of the Marvel movies to draw in a, a crowd with Hemsworth but it just didn't even seem marketed around him it's just very weird altogether. It seems almost like a cash grab.
1: This movie came out the same summer as Civil War, which Thor was not in. So I guess instead of doing that movie, he did this movie. And I don't know if he was ever going to be in that one. Like, I don't know that he necessarily fits into the story of that movie, really. To do this movie instead just sort of feels like, huh? But what I think is disappointing to your other point there about, you know, Jessica Chastain not really being of greater significance is that. Two movies ago, with Dark Places, we talked about how, like, we could have had the girl at the end been, like... What's his name? Oh, son. Nicole, uh, what's his name? daughter. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. Uh, Charlie's brother. Yeah, Charlie's brother. Secret daughter. Secret kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, secret kid. But, like, that didn't happen. Mm. And here, it's just, like... I feel like if you see too many movies like that where, like, there's just, like, this twist where, like... Oh, this character we've been following or this character that we've been hearing about or whatever is actually of greater significance. Like, if you, if you see that too many times it might become cliche but I feel like when there's a movie that isn't good otherwise adding that connective tissue in there might actually make the rest of it sort of be a little bit better than it was yeah
0: yeah it'll give it something like this doesn't really I'm not connected to any of the characters, really? I don't know, because they try to get you to be on Emily Blunt's side with, you know, her child being killed, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so tragic, I'm down for Emily Blunt. But then she turns around and has a slave army of children, and I'm like, I can't get Behind her now. Uh, and so, like, I just, like, okay, I'll follow whichever one of these kids the movie wants me to for a while until they just, like, aren't interesting. And now it's like, uh oh. And then the weirdest turn is at the end when Charlize comes back and they try and make it seem like Emily Blunt's character has sort of this moment, like, what have I done, like, this whole time? Like, I sort of, like, need this moment of, like, forgiveness. And then her quote unquote, child, grown up child army like fights for her again it's just all the dynamics are just all off and confusing for me and and I'm just having a hard time just grasping on to like you know any of the characters
1: I really couldn't tell you a lot about any of the characters is it just me or was Chris Hemsworth's accent in this movie wildly different than it was in the first movie
0: yes right dude I was going crazy I was going nuts because I think Chastain was doing an accent too and I was like oh this is kind of so like... both of them both Chris Hemsworth
1: and Jessica Chastain apparently according to IMDb modeled their accents after Mel Gibson and Braveheart which hmm. cool I guess fine I guess but Chris Hemsworth you were in the first movie four years ago do the same thing
0: <laughs> yeah that's the weirdest thing is that they did the sort of lack of care of sort of continuity which in this story I feel is key You know, like, I feel like they really should have made it a lot tighter as far as that's concerned as well. So I think that's not helping either, the fact that a lot of these story elements aren't lining up. Because, like, how old is Chris Hemsworth supposed to be? Was he a kid when Snow White was a kid? Like, what was going on with that game of chess Charlize was playing with that king? Like, what was that kingdom? How long before she met Snow White's dad was that? Like, I'm way out of whack with, like, this timeline. I don't understand any of it. I'm checking off things on my list. It's like, okay, accent now, question mark, exclamation yeah, point. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of chess in this movie, at least early on. A lot of chess. A lot of chess.
0: Yeah, and it's, again, it's just like a cheap way of being like, we're playing a game, a deadly game. It's not like, you know, that ever comes back. Like, there's no real chess metaphor later in the no, movie or No, right.
1: And I think the whole point is that, like, she always wins the game by using her queen to
0: take the piece, which, uh, sure, <laughs> Cool. Okay. You know what was also not helping was Liam Neeson's voiceover. Did you notice that? Like, back Mm -hmm. from A Million Ways to Die in the West, Liam Neeson, but just out of nowhere. Like, I was at least expecting him to be the voice of the Mirror in this one as well. So, like, maybe, you know, the Mirror was telling the story or something. That would be cool. Yeah, but no, because when the Mirror speaks, it's like a really distorted and warped voice, and then it turns into Charlize. One thing
1: I did like was that Freya the Emily Blunt character is basically like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. Like she's able to summon ice with her hands. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's just kind of, I guess that's just how you do it when you're an ice queen. But I liked that little bit of whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. I liked how actually when, um, at the end, when Charlize was starting to go crazy, she turned into Venom. Yeah. Like she had, she <laughs> started doing like the oil webs out of her mm-hmm. back and her hands and everything. I was like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> The story of the movie is that
1: the Mirror Goes Missing. Well, actually, it's not even there yet. Like, this, it's such a non-story, but it's also a story, is that, that Freya brings all the children to become huntsmen to not fall in love and everything. But then, Jessica Chastain and Chris Hemsworth secretly get married, secretly fall in love, get married, get separated, and Freya, using her magic, convinces Jessica Chastain that Chris Hemsworth runs away, and convinces Chris Hemsworth that Jessica Chastain dies. So then, Chris Hemsworth is recruited to go find
0: the mirror, right? Okay, so everything up to the ice wall, where they each are tricked into thinking they've sort of, like run out on each other or died yeah. then mm-hmm. the movie goes several years later after the events of the first movie you know so yes. like because then it's like catching you up okay so now Snow White's queen and, and the, le- the last movie's over and, and now we're a sequel so yeah. yeah so then it's it goes from there and it's like oh Snow White is being poisoned by the mirror or something so it needs to be cast out of the kingdom
1: right and so freya wants them to go get the mirror and so chris hemsworth is recruited by the king i guess or somebody i don't know to go get the mirror and while he's going to get the mirror he runs into jessica Chastain, who oh by the way has been working for freya this entire time and so they get the mirror they bring it back and then they're sort of captured as they try to kill Revent. Like, I don't know what happened. There's just the mirror, they find the mirror, they bring the mirror back, Charlize comes out of the mirror and starts (laughs) doing bad things.
0: I mean, I've heard of Michael Jackson's man in the mirror, but woman in the mirror? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's all very strange, and then there's one point where, like, the gold goblins show up and, like, steal the mirror, so they have that one action scene with the CGI goblin creature just because, and then they run into the other dwarves, you know, they repeat a couple of the same beats from the last movie. Yep. Chris Hemsworth and Jessica Chastain pretend to fall back in love and everything.
1: I think they I think they actually do fall back in
0: love. I don't think they pretend. Oh, oh, no, yeah. I guess, like, ultimately, in the end, they, they wind up back together, but I think right. it, it, Jessica Chastain is, I mean, um, Chris Hemsworth probably knows that he's being betrayed, but is still sort of, like, falling back in love with her, I guess, is what what it seemed like. Because it just seems like when he got captured, he was like, I know, like that's that was part of the plan. <laughs> like, I wanted to get captured.
1: <laughs> but then he tries to... Chris Hemsworth tries to kill Ravenna, tries to kill Charlize Theron with an arrow, or tries to kill Freya with an arrow, I think, right? But then Charlize catches the arrow, and then the Huntsmen bring him down... And then when the Huntsmen, for some reason, I guess just brother brothers in arms, decide to side with Chris Hemsworth, that's when the goo starts to seep from under Charlize's dress, and that's when she turns into Venom.
0: Yeah. They sort of have, like, a small sister battle going on, a little bit, not as much as I'd want. Which is but...
1: kind of cool, and yeah. I wish
0: there was more of it. Right. Yes. I wish it was more of, like, that sibling rivalry throughout the movie, like, I don't yep. know. I mean, I guess you know everything is toned way down here too, like all the effects are way lesser. Like we only get the mirror melting thing once. Like we get like one or two fairies in the in the uh, forest, you know. So and the budget was 115 million. Like they had money to spend on things. They just didn't I guess? Could it just be paydays for Hemsworth and you know the other stars of the movie? Maybe? So
1: here's the big thing. I don't know if you heard this or remember this or read this or whatever, but apparently, when this movie was coming out, this was right around the same time as the Sony email hack. Remember oh, that around man, yeah. like the Interview Christmas, the 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 Interview release in the
0: whole North Korea thing or whatever. Yeah, it's basically how Marvel acquired Spider-Man back.
1: And so apparently news broke that Chris Hemsworth was getting paid $10 million, and Charlize going to get way, way, way less. Ooh. And Charlize said, I'm not going to do the movie unless I'm paid what he gets paid, and she did. So she they both got $10 million, and that's why she's in this movie. Which, yes, go for go, 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 get it, good for you, absolutely. I guess $20 million of the $115 million, went to them, which, Hmm. okay, so number one, I don't understand how movie budgets and like paying actors goes, but it does feel like Chris Hemsworth is in like this entire movie Mm -hmm. and Charlize is in like a quarter of it. Mm And mm-hmm. I'm sure... I don't know what the actual shooting schedule was like, because I think probably a lot of what was in the forest was easier to shoot in less time, and then the stuff at the end of the CGI was maybe more time. I don't know. But it feels like Chris Hemsworth had more to do than Charlie's. So in that regard, I can sort of see him earning more, but I'm just still proud of Charlize yeah. for staying true and holding true, getting the same amount. But I guess you're right. Like, the money went to them instead of to effects? Mm, I
0: guess, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I could, yeah, you're right, like, I get that, that makes sense. Like, I could see him getting paid a little more, but, like, $9 million more than, than, like, as, like, the closest number that anyone else is getting. That's absurd. I'm a little surprised they weren't able, like, the financers or whatever, they weren't like, okay, then you're both getting $5 million or something. <laughs> like, it's just, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, that's too bad they couldn't figure out a way to sort of, like, you know, what's awesome is when you do hear of actors or directors who are just like, all right, man, just, like, put my salary towards the movie you know like do whatever just like let's make this let's make it a team effort and stuff too so ah, oh man Hollywood money politics and gender is just like I gotta go yep. back to school for that course because I didn't think it even really you know existed when I was in college but yeah it's that's a topic for sure and this movie did not do
1: very well like it had 115 million million like dollar. the first one had like 130 million million dollar budget I think made like 400 million or something worldwide yeah they said like 115 and made like 140 like it didn't make its money back if you like factor in marketing budgets and stuff like this movie did not do well critics did not like this audiences did not like this the box office did not reflect it like this pretty much across the board was pretty much a failure which is kind of a little surprising because i don't think it's much worse than the first
0: Hmm. i
1: just think that you know that the first came out four years ago and is basically the same movie but a little bit better and so by comparison this just makes it seem worse
0: yeah, I actually like the first movie much more than this one, but maybe because this is just so repetitive and, and and stuff, but like I I could understand being sort of blindsided by this because it seems like Emily Blunt is at least from the marketing that I checked out afterwards not portrayed as like the villain that she turns out to be in this, like almost as if like oh we're, we're going to replace the Snow White character with this character and now we have like a new Female lead, or or like with Jessica Chastain and stuff, and then like I feel like you go see the movie, and it's just not that right. Like it's it's almost like oh we sold you this Emily Blunt film, but you're getting a Chris Hemsworth movie, um, right? That kind of thing. So I think it could just be like the people who were really into the first movie for certain reasons did not get those same answers this time you know what I'm saying like they just It's. they're clearly focusing on different aspects for whatever reason they're doing a lesser job uh, or they're focusing on things that are less interesting you know and because they're seen so many times so maybe just that about it, that this is just such a common feeling film, whereas the first one had reason to feel like fresh and interesting and inventive and like, oh, where is this going to go with, with Snow White? And they're changing it so radically and it's actually working pretty well. And here is right. just like the same old shit.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, well. So at the end, the way that they beat Ravenna is that Freya freezes the mirror uh, Chris Hemsworth throws this axe at the mirror, which shatters it. Charlize shatters, which is kind of cool. But when she shatters, she kind of looks like a golden Statue of Liberty a little bit. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then before the credits roll, you see like a gold crow so maybe she's still alive.
1: Oh so let's let's talk about the uh, the post-credits <laughs> scene. Yeah, so
0: I mean I've just gotten into the habit now, especially at home, of just leaving credits rolling after the movie and stuff. Yeah, there's a post-credits scene in this movie and it's super short and it's really dumb and it's basically just the back of a girl standing at a window with long brunette hair and a red dress on and a little bird like comes flying into the window onto her windowsill and chirps and it cuts the black. So I yep. think the idea is that they were gonna try and reintroduce Snow White into the part Three somehow in some way, but I don't think that's ever going to happen.
1: Which no, which won't happen because this no. movie did not do very well. I mean, I guess it could, but just do that this time. That's what you do, you know? Like just yeah. Uh, what's the problem? Just recast. But I think it. the pro- I think I think from one thing that I read was that like this was not distributed by Disney and Disney owns the rights to Snow White and so they couldn't really name
0: it Snow White. I don't. I mean, really? I mean, I don't. I, I think. think Snow White's in like that's all in public domain. I mean, I could be. Yeah, I could be mistaken. You just can't use because i know you can't name your dwarves like grumpy sneezy doc dopey angry or whatever they're called like uh and you gotta like write dwarf different like instead of dwarf it's dwarf or something like there's there's some strange weird like copyright shit going on with with all of these fairy tales but i think it's more and less the way you portray it but i could be
1: wrong i don't know i do not know. I don't understand. We're not I that kind understand. of podcast. <laughs> you know? Yeah, We're, not, We're <laughs> not that kind
0: of podcast. <laughs> I don't think I have any other notes. Do you have any other notes about this movie? Charlize killed her own niece. Uh Should have recast Snow White. Um Oh, there's just that one awkward shot of Snow White from the back. It was mentioned at the end of our last episode that, like, um Jeremy, right? Like, he was like, oh, there's actually Snow White comes back, but it's not. Oh, like, yeah, her, her crying in front of the mirror. Yeah, like, that was just, why even... Yeah put that shot in the movie was what I was thinking if she's not going to like turn around or anything yeah no my only yeah just like what I said before like I was just really bummed that they wrote Snow White out of her own story kind of thing her own franchise but yeah disappointed because there's there was like stuff to work with then they just like chose other stuff to work with that didn't work so well Oh, there,
1: one other thing is that uh, there's a an ongoing storyline, if you will, that Jessica Chastain never misses with her bow and arrow. So when Freya is like, kill him, and she shoots the arrow into his chest... I'm like oh of course he's not dead like Mm -hmm. not that he was going to die in the movie but like they made such a point like two or three times before like I never miss I never miss like of course she's going to hit something like she hits his necklace and doesn't kill him but just like I didn't think for a second that he was dead like it just feels it's like oh yeah of course not
0: it was awkward too because the arrow was still sticking up out of him but if it had hit actually hit the metal of his necklace it would have it wouldn't I feel like you know it would have like fallen to the side or something but and then even Rob Brydon was like oh she never Misses does she (laughs) or something like after he gets hit it's like yeah Yeah. we know dude the gag is over that's this movie (laughs) do you like my rob bryden impression (laughs) it was pretty good i love that guy he's the one he's the um you know i won't bury another batman that was i think at the table he came up with that oh really in the movie the trip oh yes 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 yes. yeah when they're batting around the... the when you do that shows. for your show, I want to do that. Oh, totally. Yeah, it'll be you, me, and Kyle. To like Spain. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Cool.
1: Uh, any other notes? Or are we good about this movie? I think we're good to move on. Cool. So, first up, unfortunate improv. Stan Lee yourself. So, <laughs> if you want to be in this movie, who would you be? What would you be doing? And, what, and who would you be talking to?
0: Okay. I haven't really given this any thought, but what something, images that immediately came to mind that were missing from this is stuff like the the, the bridge troll and like the forest spirit and like all those kind of like Miyazaki looking creatures. Uh So I want to be some kind of like, I want to walk through the background of the magical forest as like a centaur or something. And I just want to be like galloping along and just kind of like stop like, turn towards Chris Hemsworth and just sort of, like, <laughs> nod towards him and, like, this okay. sign of recognition, like, we've been in battle before or something, and then just, like, keep going, like, gallop cool. out of frame, like, down a stream or something, and everyone is just, cool. like, look at each other and just keep walking.
1: <laughs> I like it. I'm into it. I was just thinking the only thing that I would want to do is I want to get killed by Charlize at the end, so I guess I'm just going to be a huntsman, and I'm just going to be there, just somebody, like, holding Chris Hemsworth down or whatever, and then when Charlize starts going nuts and shoots out her Venom jet spikes, that I want to be impaled by one of those. Because it seems uh, like a cool way to go out.
0: Cool. Yeah, I mean, what better way to get killed than by Charlize in a movie? I'm
1: going to see if we have any email. I don't think that we do. We have an email just here, watch at cageclub.me. Mike and I were talking before we started recording. We only have six movies left. With another handful of episodes after that. But you are running out of time to email in to Watch a Throne if you want to email in. Watch at cageclub.me. No email today, but always next time okay awards show i'm gonna say first year not best film not worst film not best role not worst role but most wasted charlie's performance i think
0: definitely she needed to come out of that mirror halfway through the movie not like with 30 minutes left i guess maybe we could just give her an honorable mention for only sequel franchise sequel something like that i don't know at Mm. least until fingers crossed if they ever do atomic blonde 2 hopefully or you know a mad max spinoff or something
1: i think so best best charlie's outfit slash (laughs) wardrobe we nominated the first
0: but i'm gonna just tack this on to the second one i think i like it actually more in this one because i feel like in the first one she was either gold or crow black and in this one it's kind of both right she's got like the gold tinted wingtips and things i think she's styling in this one and shit yeah so what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna remove the first one from the list i'm just gonna add this onto the list it's crazy it's like the one improvement in the entire movie like you yeah. know <laughs> best Death, we gotta nominate this for for oh uh, uh, yeah to turn into shattered a s- shattered statue of liberty Yeah, <laughs> shattered statue of liberty i know you don't really watch doctor who right but have you ever seen right. the i don't even know what they're called but they are like these like Vampire looking Statue of Liberties, and if you like turn your back and then look around, like oh, the angels, yeah, the blink, yeah, I've seen blink, I've seen that's the one episode, (laughs) okay, cool, yeah, I've seen him in a couple of episodes. I'm just like a casual who fan or whatever, but like those are scary as shit, and that's what she looked like to me because her mouth was open like that. Best non Charlie's death, anything I don't think like do people die
1: in this movie other than Charlie? I guess people die at the end, like sort of, but like they're all kind of unremarkable deaths, like they're all, I guess, because this is like a PG 13 movie that they're not going to show like. Grizzly, gruesome death.
0: Right. Yeah. Like I think.
1: Although Emily Blunt dies, but that's not really a cool death. Oh, a cool death,
0: because she's well, it is a cool an ice death, lady. But. No, I think one or two people get like shattered to glass or shattered to ice at one point, but it's nothing intense or dramatic. Yeah. I think they try, you're right, they keep it clear of the blood and stuff. Even in the first one, the people just like shattered into shards and stuff.
1: Now, we have best fight. I'm trying to see. There are most of these, and I think we're probably going to narrow this down a little bit. Best fight, we have Robert De Niro's chair fight from 15 Minutes that you really liked. But Charlize isn't involved in it. Like, I'm going to take kinda, that off yeah. just because that doesn't fit. Because I do think that the fight in this movie, where Freya tells Chris Hemsworth and Jessica Chastain, like, love conquers all. If you're meant to be together, get together. And they have, both have to fight, like, eight guys. Mm-hmm. Like, it's sort of like Burly Brawl in the middle of The Matrix Reloaded, where it's Neo against 100 Agent Smiths. Like, it sort of feels like that a little bit. I think that's kind
0: of cool. It just has nothing to do with Charlize. No, I'm down with that. That reminded me of, like, um, like a kung fu fight and you know like a Shaw yeah. Brothers movie everyone was like getting ready and it was tense and it was about to explode like I was really actually feeling that sequence I was like where was that energy in the rest of the film
1: best line or best freak out I'm trying to see if there was a line that I wrote down well, I mean Emily there Blunt is one line. freaks
0: the hell out when her kid dies and she turns into The Ice Queen and everything that was weird to me in this day. I mean, I don't want to get too political. Stop me if I. But like, what bothered me is like calling a woman an Ice Queen is pretty derogatory, you know. And like, that's always been like like calling a woman frigid and things like that's always been cruel and mean and stuff. And so like, it was just kind of weird that she was an Ice Queen and she had ice powers. And I don't, I just didn't feel like it did it a good service to me. Maybe I was reading too far into it, but that's just how I felt. I don't know. No, I get it. I agree with you. And I don't get that with Frozen because that princess is like very kind and gentle. You know what I'm saying? Like she doesn't come off with that demeanor, but yet they made Emily Blunt very cruel in this movie. I have a couple
1: lines written down. I don't know if I want to nominate this one, but early on when she is the first king that Charlize kills in this movie, where she says a humble pawn can bring down kingdoms, and she's like playing footsie with him under the table, (laughs) like, you know, sliding her foot up his leg, which I thought was kind of cool, sort of powerful. But I think my favorite line, I'm not going to nominate this. But after Chris Hemsworth shoots that arrow that she catches, she does this really cool, weird line where she says, hello, Eric, and then, like, exhales, like, real deal. Like, she goes, <sighs> I've missed you. It's like, ooh, that's kind of creepy and weird. Like, I like that. Like, it's kind of a cool delivery of an otherwise sort of boring, uneventful line. Not necessarily worth nominating, but I think worth mentioning.
0: Yeah, totally worth mentioning because, like, that is a connection from the last movie, right? Like, he helped destroy her, and so it's like... It's kind of funny. It's like when Freddy returns or something, and he sees, <laughs> yep. like, the victim who lived from the last movie. He's like, I'm back. Yeah. I don't think so, but nominate this for Best Cinematography or No. Um, we, we
1: didn't do the first one I don't think it's like I don't think it looks as good as the yeah. rest of the movies on this list. no, I don't think so best song we nominated uh, for the first one Breath of Life by Florence the Machine in the closing credits here I think it's a song by Halsey which I like but I don't think it's as powerful or as like emphatic of a song as Breath of life was best score soundtrack I don't remember it so I'm gonna say no no best dance scene no dancing in this movie should
0: have <laughs> been more dancing they should have had a dance like that. I wish it ended with uh, Nick Frost and his friend like having a wedding or something cause you know like the dwarf wedding or the, you know whatever
1: at the end when the dwarfs get together with the she dwarfs or whatever they're called it kind of reminds me a little bit in a weird way and I don't want to really compare this cause it's a good movie compared to this but like at the end of Bill and Ted where they get together with the princesses yes. it's like oh yeah. like you know there's just a couple of bumbling idiots that get together with the princesses. You know what I mean? It just sort of feels like that at the end of this movie. Agreed. And then do we want to nominate anybody good or
0: bad, best non charlize male or female? That's the thing. It's like, it's just kind of bland. Like no one's yep. really sticking out either way one way or the other like I like I love Emily Blunt like as an actress you know I love her in Edge of Tomorrow Edge of Tomorrow yeah you know like that's amazing and Quiet Place and stuff and so like I was really bummed that she didn't get a chance to sort of cut loose the way Charlize did in the first movie because it's like all right, right, if we're gonna go with this like at least let her do like crazy like stage acting like big freak out kind of stuff and move her arms around. But she usually just like sat still in her throne. She screamed at one guy for bringing fire too close to her. I was like, man, this is kind of tame. So, I mean, yeah, no one is especially good. No one's especially bad. Yeah,
1: okay, that's fair. We nominated for, we wanted to for three things. Most Wasted Performance, Best Outfit
0: Wardrobe, and Best Death, which I feel is,
1: you know, Fine. Appropriate. Fair.
0: And I I guess I will say that Rob Bryden does sort of make up for at least like three dwarfs. Like he does he is pretty good. I do like him. I don't see him in enough American releases, you know. Like I don't really I know him from the age one I mean, aside from the trip, I know him from the very short lived HBO show The Brink, which I think is like perfect that never got a second season, but he's in that, he's amazing in that. He's great, he's hilarious. I didn't like the Brink, but I like Rob Bryden so go watch the trip
1: and go watch the trip to Spain and the trip to Italy so I like those a lot the last thing on the show we, we do like to feature a different podcast on the network here end of august let's just feature uh this this movie wasn't very good so let's feature real bad real bad <laughs> is one of our newer programs on the network every monday they put out a new podcast that is about a real bad movie but it's not just them trashing the movie even though they do do that a lot usually it is about how to make the movie better you know what works how would they fix it all sorts of stuff like that like it's it's a it's a smarter take on bad movies I think than a lot of other bad movie podcasts out there and so go mm-hmm. check out Real Bad every Monday right here on
0: cavesclub.me what I kind of like about that above other sort of Podcast that just kind of trash bad movies is they come at it from kind of like a I don't want to say like a full-on educational angle but like a lot of them are professors and teachers and stuff of film and things so it's interesting to hear why it doesn't work from that perspective you know like there's actual proof and reason and stuff when it comes to writing and making films and things and they're really good at that so that's enjoyable
1: so go check it out every Monday right here on Cavescope.me and iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and everywhere you get Podcasts, But for all things Watch a Throne and Real Bad and all our other 19 shows in total, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at pod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, watch at cageclub.me. Let us email you, cageclub.me slash newsletter, first of the month, every month. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, August 31st, tomorrow will be issue number two of the newsletter. So go sign up today. I will send you a newsletter tomorrow. Get it in your inbox. The best of the best of what the Cage Club Podcast Network has to offer. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time for a movie that we have no idea what it is, The Last Face, right here on Watch the Throne.